Welcome to our Lakutah Sikhas Parshas Shir on Lakutah Sikhas Chaylakutah, and this is Parshas Nitzavim. Now, this particular Sikha this week, the first Sikha for this week, is actually a Rashi Sikha. And it, uh, it is an evol- it's a Rashi Sikha like we've done numerous times before. So in order to really understand the, the Sikha and what the Rebbe is going to do with it, we're going to start off with a bit of the background of the Psukim. So I have created a source sheet and we're going to go through the source sheet first. And then once we have the source sheet, we will then come back and actually have a look at this Sikha. So when we start with Parshas Nitzavim, the, we know that the Parsha begins with these words, Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kulchem, and this is always the week before Rosh Hashanah. Here you stand here today, all of you, Kulchem, Lepnei Hashem, Lokeichem, before Hashem. Rosheichem, Shifteichem, Zikneichem, Shotreichem, Kol Ish Yisrael. So you are all standing here, and then the Pata goes through who's there, the heads of the, of the Shvatim, the elders, the officials, everyone, everyone, call Ishi so. Now, when we come to the Rashi on this very first pasuk, Atem Nitzavim Hayyim, Rashi says, Melamed, Shekinsam Maisha Lefnea Kanish Barko, Biyim Maisai, Lachni Sambabris. That Atem Nitzavim, Rashi says, is teaching us that Maisha brought them, entered them into this covenant with Hashem. And when did he do it? He did this on the day of his death. So on the day Moshe Rabbeinu was, was uh, passed away, that was the day he brought them into this bris with a Kodesh Baruch So this begs the question, of course, and why, what is forcing Rashi to say this on these words? We know we always read it before Rosh Hashanah. It's the idea we stand before Hashem today, all of us together. And when we say you're standing together, all the people together, if we look at the next psukim, right after that, we're standing together. The psukim immediately says afterwards, So the psukim lists very clearly right away after saying you're all standing here, who's all the people who are standing there? It's the children and it's the women and it's the the converse, it's everybody. From the wood chopper to the water carriers, they're all there. And why they're there? The Pasuk says quite clearly, that we are all standing here, it's said quite clearly, why are we there? To enter into this bris, into this covenant with Hashem. And is very important. Notice that the English here says to enter into the covenant, but when we talk about a bris, which is two sides. The way to go through a bris is to actually, you're passed through the bris. So if you think about in Chumash Breshis, when we had the bris, sorry, when Hashem made the very first covenant with Avram Avinu and showed him what was going to happen in the future, we know it talks about in Parshas Lachacha, they had all the animals and the animals were split and cut in half. And then Avram Avinu walked through the two split pieces. So the idea of a bris is saying that there's two sides and you kind of, you're passed through. You're at, you enter by going through something. That's how you enter into this covenant. So the Pasuk says quite clearly that the reason they're all here today is that Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing them to enter them into this covenant with Hashem. 
Hashem is going to be with them today. And why is Hashem making this bris? What is the bris that Hashem is making with the Jewish people right now? So the, what is the part of the covenant here? What is the bris that we have? That Hashem is making a promise that we are going to, that he's going to make us his nation. And he's going to be our God. Like exactly like he spoke to us, like he told us before. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, you're all standing here to enter in this covenant with Hashem. So Hashem will fulfill this promise. You will be his nation. He will be your God, like he told you and like he promised your fathers, your forefathers, right? And not only, and not only it's with you that I'm making this bris, and the curse as a bris as that's Allah as I it's not only for the people standing here, but it's for the people who are not with here as well. In other words, all future generations, this is the bris that Hashem is making with you today. Okay, so when we see the psukim and the, from Pasuk Aleph, Atanitzav Hayanko from a Pasuk test, really, the very first Pasuk of the Parsha, the Parsha begins actually in the middle of a parak. So when we come back now to this Rashi, we see that it's very interesting. Rashi is saying, Atam Nitzavim, you are standing here. That This teaches us that he entered them into this covenant. But that is said very clearly in the Pasuk, right? We see right here in the next two Pesukim later, Hashem. Maishur tells them very clearly, you're here to, I'm bringing you here to enter you into this bris with the Baruch so why is it on these words, this is the crux of our sicha, Atam Nitzavim, you are standing today. Rashi says, this is teaching us that he's, that, that he's doing this on the day before, on the day of his death to bring them into the covenant. We see that already in the Pasuk. So what is Rashi getting at here? What's he trying to teach us? Okay. Now, when we say also, let's try to understand a little bit more of the Pasukim and then we'll go into the sicha and we'll be able to understand the sicha. On the next Pasuk, Yudbeis, where it says, we're going to enter this covenant so that Hashem will be, you, you will be the nation and Hashem will be your king. So then, uh, your God, we then see, what does it say? The Rashi says on the next part, Hashem is going to be your God. So we know because Hashem promised your forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, that he's never going to swap you for another nation. That's why he is binding you with all of these oaths so that you don't get him angry. Because he promised your forefathers he's never going to get rid of you. So he's warning you, don't make him angry. That's why we have all of these um, oaths that were made before. Now, where was that made? We know we've just come from Pasha's Kisavai. The whole Parsha that we read last week was all about the things that would happen to the Jewish people should they not follow the bris. So here it seems that when Rashi says that this is the bris you're entering into today, this is because Hashem promised never to swap you with anybody else and don't anger me. And then we find something interesting. Rashi says, This is the Parsha. But Rashi brings us a message. Now we know from previous Rashi sikhs that we learned Rashi always comes to explain the pshat. But if he's going to bring a medrash or davar achar or something else, that means there is something in the pshat that's not easy to understand. We have to understand something more about it. 
So we come back here to the Medishagata. So the Medish tells us, and again, why are these two things, what we just read in Pasha Savai and this part, Pasha Nitzavim, right next to it, why are they close together? So it seems like we just answered that, right? We just said, Hashem is going to, I've made a promise, he's never going to swap you, so please don't get him angry because he'll never be able to get rid of you, so don't make him angry. But now we have a Medish that one. Since they just heard 98 curses, right? 100 minus two, in addition to the 49 that are in Tarskahan, so they became completely pale. How are we ever going to survive? So after they heard Pasha's Saba, in other words, they were like, how, this, how are we ever going to survive as a nation? So Moshe came and tried to calm them down by saying, look, you're still here today. Look, you've already made him so angry. Here we're coming at the end of 40 years in the Midbar. You've angered him so many times and he hasn't completely destroyed you. You're still standing here as a nation and you're still here. And that was the way he was calming him down. That was the way he was calming them down. Okay. But Rashi keeps going. There's more to these Rashis. When Rashi says, Hayoin, right? Hayoin. Rashi then says, what is Hayoin? Kayoin Hazesh, who Kayam, who Mafil Umeir. Just like the day, Kayoin, right? Hayoin. So just like this day, what is a day? A day you have dark periods, you have light periods. So too, there will be times that will be light and there will be times that will be dark and that's what happens. So even though you have a day, you have day, there's sometimes on a day you have darkness, sometimes you have night, but Hashem is going to make things shine for you. In other words, Hashem has given you times when there was only goodness and you will have times also in the future that will be only good. And these, all these curses that were mentioned in Pasha Sabe and all the suffering, that gives you matzivinus That's what gives you the strength before him. That's what makes you able to stand before Hashem. And therefore, and therefore the section, in other words, the little part at the very end of Pasha Sabe, after the curses, but that last Pasha, in other words, the last little pay to pay at the very end of the Sedra, that was also meant to comfort them. In other words, you've seen everything that's happened. You see you're still surviving. Don't worry, you'll be able to survive. And then again, remember Rashi, there's something that wasn't clear. And what does Rashi do after the He goes back to the words and what does he say? So, okay, so let's follow. We, we're saying we have a puzzle here. Here is our big, all the sukkim together. You are standing here today, all of you today, all the children to pass in a bris. So first Rashi is saying, this is to enter you into a bris. Then he starts saying, this is, Hashem is going to be your God. This is why it's following Pasha Savai. You have all of these curses. So Hashem is going to have to be your God. He's never going to swap you. Behave yourselves. Then we say, well, maybe it's something else. The curses scare them. Now they, and so Maish Rabbeinu is saying, don't worry, just like you survived till now, you will continue to survive. You will always be his nation. And then, and just like the day, darkness, night, but then Rashi goes back to Atamit Savin 
to the beginning again, the first words, and gives us a completely other, another explanation for this whole situation that we have in front of us, that what? The feast, because now, Moshe Rabbeinu was about to hand over the Jewish people to the next leader. We said it was, Rashi had mentioned before, this day was the day Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. So now he is like handing them over from one leader to the next. So therefore, what did he do? He stood them in their like ranks in order to address them and to encourage them. And so too, we find the same thing with Yeshua. When Yeshua was getting ready to pass on the leadership, he also stood them all together to hand them over to the Shaifti. And so to Shmuel, when it says with Shmuel and Navi, he said here, stand and I will judge you today when he was passing on the, the leadership. When they were leaving the leadership of Shmuel and going to the hands of Shaul. It was the same thing. He kind of put them all together and gave them a reason, like handed them over to the next leader. So after everything we explained, Rashi goes back and gives us a complete alternate reason of why they're all gathered here, and what my Rabbeinu is doing. He's handing them over. Okay. And just for clarity, we say, what is the last bit of Parsha Savi that we're talking about? So after all of the um, rebuke that we heard of Parsha Savai, the very end, the beginning of Parachal Test, which is at the end of Parsha Savai, we see there, this is what we were saying after Maishra Benon gives them all of the rebuke. We see that Maishra Benon calls to the Bnei Yisrael says, Atam Reisimus Kalasha, Sashem Leinechem, the Eretz Mitzrayim, the Parol of Chala, Right, you saw all of these wonderful things that have happened, all the great miracles, and Hashem has not given you the eye to understand until this very day. I've taken you for 40 years and you all these miracles have happened to you. 40 years, your clothes did not wear out, your sandals did not um, wear out on your feet. You didn't have to, you had no bread to eat and no wine or anything else in order to know that there was Hashem, right? Only came from the mind. And you came to this place and Sichman came out and Oik came out and you fought them and you won. And we took their land and we gave it as a nakhla to Reuben, God, Chatzim, Nashem. So now if you're going to, therefore, if you're going to keep all the bris that we just said, then, right, you'll be able to succeed in everything that you're going to do. Okay, that was the end of Savai. And then Atanit Savai. So what we see then in that second Rashi, right, is that this idea of this rebuke is really leading into, there's a rebuke, and then however you saw all of these miracles, and now Atanit Savai. And notice that pay here, this pay, is the end of Pasha Savai. That pay stands for the break in the Sefer Torah, the break in the Pesukim. So the end of Pasha Savai, there's a break. Pasha is saying, you've seen all of these miracles and now faithfully keep this bris. And then we start our new Sedra, Atamitz of my young Kulchan. So now this is the context that the Rebbe is going to address in the Sifa. Let's go into the Sifa now that we understand the Pesukim and the Rashi and see the Rebbe's questions and how the Rebbe resolves all of this. So you're standing here today, Rashi, the first thing he says, it's very clearly, this is teaching us that Rashi, that Maish Rabbeinu brought them into this covenant with Hashem on the day that he died. 
is done it fashtamit. So we don't understand the Rebbe is going to bring us a number of questions. Vas is the Rashi Mechadesh. What is it that Rashi is teaching us? What's new here? It's teaching us that he entered them into a bris. We saw that it's very clear in the Pasuk itself. It says so already. They were standing there in order to pass, to cross into this bris, into this covenant. We have commentaries who come along and say, as a chiddush from Rashi, Melame is not in them lachnitzam bevris, but state mufurish and pasuk. So other commentaries come along and say, well, what Rashi is trying to tell us is not this idea that he's entering them into a bris because that's in the pasuk, nor in the kinsam meishe The fact that it says that meishe brought them here, that meishe gathered them. Why? Why is it trying to emphasize that this is meishe gathering them? Because in pasuk state nor atam nitzavim. The Pasuk says, you are standing here today. You might think that Maisha didn't gather them again, that this isn't another gathering, but they were already standing there, right? They were already standing where they were standing. So maybe they were standing in there the way they camped, which was always around. We know that Mishkan was in the middle, the Aran was there, and all the Shvatim camped around it. So maybe they were just all standing in their places. So Rashi, therefore, Rashi is trying to tell us, according to these Mepharshim, that no, they weren't just standing around their tents in their normal formation, but Maishu gathered them all together to be able to um, enter them into this bris. And what's his proof? Because it says, because Rashi says the words kinsam, he entered them into a bris. That's to bring them into a covenant. To enter into a covenant, you have to pass through something. So in order to pass through something, you all have to actually be gathered together in one place. And therefore, that's what this must be telling us. When Rashi says, and Rashi comments, this is Maish Rebbeinu entering them into a bris. The idea is, the emphasis isn't about the bris part, but rather that he had to gather them. So it was another... A chance to, to bring them together. As is up a shver, as I I'm learning in Rashi. Well, however, the Rebbe says that that supposed answer is difficult to understand. Balafi said, because if was, that was the answer to this Rashi, number one, Aleph, but Rashi Gedaf Matik Zain in the Bibra Hamaskil, Oyach Divadi Tikaveta, Lavracha Bibris. Vas, Gundem, Izain Hechter. If Rashi is trying to stress the idea, that Maish Rabbeinu must have gathered them because he's entered them into the bris. That means the words of Avraham are key to Rashi's explanation. That's where he would have learned it from. And as we know from the Rebbe Shita of learning Rashi, if that was so important to Rashi's response, it should have been in Rashi's title. And the fact is, it's not in his title. And therefore, the Rebbe says, that can't really be what Rashi is trying to explain because it's not in his title. Bains, Ed Gadar Zog, Again, if the point that Rashi is trying to emphasize is that he's entering them into the bris, so he should have used the words that it says in the Torah, because if we're saying that we know he gathered them because he's got to pass them, right, through something in order to bring them into the bris, then he should have used those words, exactly like the Pasuk says. 
but he doesn't, he changes the wording. He says, it's lahaviram. So kinsam, he gathered them lahaviram. What does that mean? And third point, gimel, falashim divris, I'm sorry, falashim rashi, malamish kitsamash lechnisam abris, from those words that we learn that Moshe gathered them to enter the, into this covenant is mashma as a chiddush from Rashi Bashtet in lachnisam bevris. So what we see is it comes obvious from the way Rashi writes it. This is teaching us that he gathered them to enter them into the covenant. That's the new thing. So according to that, it doesn't seem that the way the Mepharshma is saying, we're trying to learn the key thing is that he gathered them. And how do we know that he had to gather them? Because he's going to enter them into a verse. It seems just the opposite. From the way Rashi is saying it, it's the main point is that he entered them into the verse here. Not that he gathered them in order to enter them into the verse, but they entered into the verse, and that's why he gathered them. So it's the other way around. So we still need to come back to our original questions. Where's Rashi getting this from? And what is Rashi trying to tell us? Sif Bays. Rashi So, as we saw in the Psukim at the beginning, after Rashi then goes through all the Psukim after that, those first 10 Psukim, is a Mepharshin, So he explains everything. And in this Pasuk, he only explains, uh, he, he got, not only, he then goes on. And he explains He goes and brings us another two explanations. And that's what we saw. He explains the other psukim and he comes back to the words afterwards and tells us He tells us, right, why is this right next to the klalas of Pasha Safai? Because they heard those klalas, they got scared, and Maisha had to calm them down. And then Rashi continues after saying that, giving us the general connection between Savai and Nitzavim, which you would have thought would have been one of the first things Rashi said, but it's not. It's a few Rashis into the second already. He then also comes back, he then explains again the word Hayyim based on that explanation. Like this day, you have some days that are dark and sometimes the day are dark and sometimes are light, but here you're gonna have light, you'll have a time of complete light. But his mom should, and, but then continues again, So then again, it brings us a completely different explanation that this is really about handing over the leadership from Maishra Benu to Yeshua. So we have a number of questions here. First of all, Aleph, what's the Shvarendim Ershin Perish? What's Lib Dem? The Frashi Uncom into what's Satan Perish? And there's Hunach from Medesh Lagada. Over Frat, as Rashi Eleni's Madgish Vegan Ershin Perish, Ad Kam Pirash the Tipshutashal Parsha. When Medesh Satan Perishes, he had Gosha, um Medesh Lagada. On Earth, the Satan Perishes eat Mastic and Adaf Uncom into a Dritan Perish. Dover Acher Atemet Lukul. So, of course, the question is, in the first explanation of Atamit Savim, when Rashi told us why we have that here, obviously that wasn't enough, that he had to come back later and give us another explanation of Medrash that they got scared, and therefore he has to calm them down. But even then, after that, he then gave us a third explanation, right? It said it's about handing over the leadership. So we have to also, we have to understand, of course, Rashi goes according to Pshat, 
won't bring us a medrash unless we really need it according to Pshat. And certainly he's only going to give us more than one explanation if there is something problematic in the Pshat. So what's going on here? That we actually, in a sense, have three explanations for why Atamit Savmayam Kulkan is sitting right here. Like we mentioned before, Bigoret Yomal, and we've mentioned many times, is that Ersh to perish, Barashi Bechomakam, the Ikar. And what we, what we know based on the Rebbe's learning of Rashi is that whatever Rashi's first explanation is on anything, that is going to be the main explanation and the closest to the Pshat. When the Sveta perish is meant to Pshuto Shemitra, the second explanation will be closer to Pshat be the Drita perish. So certainly like in this case, we have three. So the first will be closest to Pshat, the second will be the second, and third will be furthest from Pshat. So then here in this case, on the words and why this Pasuk is sitting here, we actually have Rashi giving us three different reasons for it. So how is the third explanation, the idea of that this is about, we're standing here because he's handing over the leadership to Yeshua, how is that further from the Pshat than the second one that says, you, um, you're standing here today, don't be scared, everything's gonna be okay. and and you know you're going to survive. Sipe, fun. Uh, um, sorry, not Sipe. This is the second question. Second question on the Rashi. In our Sipe's, but question number two base. Fun denvos Rashi bring the parish fun medrash agada on achdem drin parish davar acher erish by pasuk leman hotim oisa unit glach pasuk sa parsha by erish the pasuk atamit zavayan is muach as it's the other parish. Okay, so the fact that we have this interesting thing going on here, that we have the Pasuk Atmitzav in Rashi making a comment, then we have a number of other Pasukim in Rashi making other comments on those Pasukim, and then coming up with the second and third explanation on Atmitzav only after the other Pasukim tells us that this medrash and this davar acher, in other words, the second and third explanation of why we have atmitzavim here must be connected to all of those other psukim um, that, that were written here. And it has to be based on this idea of what Moshe Rabbeinu then said, that this is all because Hashem is entering you into this prison so that you, he promised to your forefathers, etc. And like we said, the rashi, um, the lash and rashi in the pasuk, at kam perashi the shal parasha, and until that point, right, when we looked at the end of those psukim, until this point, I've explained all this according to the Pshat, and then Medeshagata, the says, as their Medeshagata is an underperish oich in the under psukim pizahe. So in other words, once the Rashi gets to Medeshagata, he's giving us another explanation on all the psukim up to that point. But after we came, tight Rashi need oich pratius the perish for the psukim like them, Medeshagata and Dabaaka. Nevertheless, when we look at what Rashi does, when he says, until here, I've explained Pshat, and now here's another explanation, he doesn't go through the meaning of all the other Pesukim in between. Right? He only got, talks back to the words Atamitzavim. Let's have a look again. Right? So we see, we say, okay, we have Atamitzavim, an explanation here on Rashi, that's source number two, an explanation on Atamitzavim, then we have the psukim yod yud alpi beis yud gimel yud So we have five psukim here. After these five psukim, Rashi giving us some explanation on those psukim, and then 
um, coming back to Atamnit Sabu. And we see all of this, right? So when he comes back to Atamnit Sabu, he doesn't go back and explain everything else before, but he just comes back to this original. The word He doesn't go through all the words again. So that's our question now. Is new movement we don't understand. Bibal does a parish with the Aleph Sugnum Baitzif. Since if we're going to take this Medrashagada, it kind of changes the meaning of all of Sukhim. But what is Rashbi Farish like Medrashagada, Nordenbart Hayyim, Kiyam Hazeshukayim. So when he says Medrashagada, why does he only then explain the words Hayyan? See? Hayyan, Kayyan Hazet, like this day. That's the Medeshagada part. So he's not explaining all the other words. He just starts from the word Hayyan. And that's our question. So, again, the key point here is why do we have three explanations on the words Atamitsami? Why is the first explanation at the very beginning? The second two only after a number of psukim. And what makes him for the, for, from the shot? And why, when he brings us the other explanations, does he not explain any of the other words, just the first words of Atamit Sabim Hayyan? Siv Gimel, their beer buzeh, the explanation of all of this is. Hundemas Rashi Zotam Loshan, Malame Chitkinsam Maishalachinsam Bavritz. The fact that those are the words Rashi uses. It's teaching us that he entered them into this covenant, this Brits. And again, he said, doesn't use the words of the Pasuk that he entered them, he passed them through this Brits. He's move on as That means that what Rashi is not trying to explain Maisha Rabbeinu's words. In other words, when Maishu Rabbeinu says, you are standing here today to go through this verse, that's not it. Valdas is before Shemposa. So when Rashi says, this is teaching you that he's entering them into the verse, he's not explaining why, why Maishu Rabbeinu told the Jewish people you're standing here today. Because that's in the Pasuk. Now Rashi is Bechadish, Abazunta Inyan, Vasperland of Univerta Atanit Savamayan. Rashi is trying to teach us something very specific to these words, Atanit Savamayan. Not why Maishra Ben is doing it, but something about these three words. What's the issue here? The Pashtos, Kumti Parsha, Atanitzavim Hayan Kulchem, the Hemshech, Tun Saifunim Fritika Parsha, Riker Maisha, El Kol Yitzral, Yarmalem Atam Isim Rafuk. As we saw, our Sedra, the Sedra of Nitzavim, starts off, you are standing all here today. And really, according to Pshat, when you see, it follows directly from last week's Parsha. And last week's Parsha, in that last section of Parsha Sava, in the last Parsha, it was the last section, we saw that section started, Maishra Rabbeinu had called all the Jewish people together. Because if our Parsha, if Mitzavim was at a different time or a new gathering, then it should have said those words again. That might should gather all the Jewish people, but it doesn't. So it makes it clear that according to Pshat, when Maish should gather them all, that's what we read at the end of last week's parsha. And Atim Mitzvah Mayam Kuchum is a continuation of that. 
the Pasha's up and then again, according to Peshat, we have to learn. That when he called all the Jewish people at the end of Sai, their kinas when Ali Eden, Sai Pasha Sava, is given in spec to Zogunze, does for state glass nothing in Pasha, we are all at him, at Tamar Eason, a mass of a dice, we smart him as different at Tara dice, but see some ice some. So, but Pasha's, when you read the end of last week's Pasha, might have been to call them all. Why did he call them together? So you'd say, well, those are the psukim that we have at the end of the parsha that we read before, right? Uh, he said, you've seen all these miracles, you've seen all of these things, therefore you should keep this verse of the Kaddish Baruch and do all of these things. Does it depend from Kiddush? You would say, okay, that was the purpose of that gathering, to say, here you are today, you've seen all these miracles, now keep the mitzvahs, right? Keep all, keep this. And then, only as a continuation of that, do we have these words now, here you stand today. So here, this is what Rashi is trying to teach us, something new. And saying, we learn here, from these words, you are standing here today, lengthen up, to tell us that what? Matars Hakinus, that the purpose of this gathering is inside Pasha Savai. The purpose of this gathering that we read about the end of Pasha Savai wasn't just to tell them the words, what he said to them at the end of Pasha Savai. That wasn't the reason why he gathered them here. Rather, the reason he's gathering them now was to enter them into this birth. He gathered them, he's bringing them now to enter into a covenant. The hechik of them is what is forcing Rashi to say this. First of all, the words say, "You are standing here." This, these words, "You are standing here today," seem to actually be out of place. Since we just saw, the pasuk said, "Maisha called all the Jewish people." So the Jews were already standing there. So Maisha just had to start with that. Like they were already there. If for whatever reason, the, the Torah wants to stress that they were standing not only in front of Maisha, but in front of Hashem. So if it was just trying to stress this in front of Hashem, um, and that he is dust, um, then, and, 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 and emphasizing that you are there, that he should have said the something. So he gathered them all today, and and you are standing here today in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But it doesn't say that. So therefore, the fact that it just says Atem Nitzavim, without automatically joining it up with the last one, it means it's trying to teach something. Base second point: Their Hemshech Atem Nitzavim Hayam Kulkan Lefnei Hashem Lakechem. The fact that it says you're standing here in front of Hashem, look, I resign the given, it's something It's gotta be something different also because it says you're standing in front of Hashem. 
So that has to be different than just standing in front of Maisha to hear something that Maisha Rabbeinu wants to tell them. So when it says that the Maisha called them all Parsha Sava, it can't just be that they were there just to hear those words because it says, you're standing in front of Hashem. So it can't just be about what Maisha Rabbeinu was going to say to them. And Gimel Hayon, that it's today, was made beyond my side. As Rashi says, this was the day Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. And the end of Pasha Sabi, when it says, you do not, Hashem did not give you a heart to understand and to really understand and know Hashem and believe in Hashem until today. When Rashi is not Mepharsha, does is then Nasan Moshe say for Hatar Levnei Levi? What was that day when he said, you don't understand until today? That was the day that he gave the Sefer Torah to this tribe of Levi. Be the self in Parshas Vayelach, but thus is given beyond my say. That was like we say in Parshas Vayelach. We'll see that was specifically the day he passed away. When Parshas Vayelach come for Hemshach was not effort to Parshas Nitzavim, and we know that Vayelach come was directly at the same time as Parshas Nitzavim, right? That's why ultimately Nitzavim Vayelach is read together. I've been learning as a kiddush is given, but they to zam atim uizim as kasha saw master does b'kulu chizuk and shmurz atara mitzvahs. So therefore, we see that if this was done, this is this day, the day of his death. Then it wouldn't make sense if we were to say that this is really coming together and gathering here is only to tell them those last sukkim of Parsha Savai, in other words, to strengthen them to keep to our mitzvahs, is for say. Why would he have waited until the day of his death to tell them those things? On Why would he not have told them that earlier? Maishu Rabbeinu started giving them over the entire Torah, the whole Mishnah Torah, the whole um, Dvarim was said in the 11th month, the first day of the 11th month, way before this. So why would he have waited to the day of his death? We know with Zion Adar to tell them if it was just about strengthening them in tournaments. And therefore, all of these questions that we would have, in other words, if it was his last day, if it was just to encourage them to strengthen tournaments, so why would that be on the day of his death? Why would it not be a continuation of Atom Nitzavim? What, what this teaches, therefore, that the whole point of that gathering that we see happening at the end of Parsha Savai, where he says, Yisrael, is the point of the end of last week's Sedra was for this week's Sedra. To end, it's not just about the rebuke that was said earlier, but it was specifically for this to enter them into this covenant. Was their bris is given and this covenant that they were going to enter into right now was mainly relevant after they crossed the Yarden, the Rashi Zodbite for Parsha Sainu, as Rashi does tell us later on. Because this was now relevant only when they crossed the Yarden, as he said, you saw all these miracles and you fought Sichon and Aig, and this land has already been given to Sichon and Aig. And therefore, because it was now relevant at this point in time, he delayed telling them and going through this bris with them until the day he died. As close as possible to the time when B'nai Yisrael were actually going to cross the Yardin. Based on that, then, so now if we've made this very clear that our partial beginning, you are standing here today, is this continuation of when Maitre Benu called them all together at the end of last week's partial. So even though it's mentioned that they were gathered at the end of last week's parsha, the intention of that gathering was for this part, this 
part of the parsha where they entered into this bris. It's like an introduction to this. Right? It's this little this since this closes a uh, little section as a preparation for this bris that they're going to enter through right now. And based on that, we can also understand two details on the pshat that Rashi does not mention. So what we know is that when you look at the pshat, if there's something that is a question in the pshat and Rashi doesn't say it, that means that it really shouldn't be a question. So the Rebbe says, when we understand what Rashi is really trying to tell us, that Atanit Savim is a reason why Maish Rabbeinu gathered them at the end of last week's parsha. we'll also understand another two points in the pshat that would be, we would not understand if we didn't have this information. And what is that? Number one, Aleph, the Torah demand the, the tapchem. The Torah here says, even the children were here. In the we don't find anywhere else that Moshe Rabbeinu actually, when it says that he joins, um, that he calls the Jewish people together, anytime he calls the Jewish people together, you don't ever find that it very explicitly tells us that he also gathered the children. Nachmer, even more, Vaitim Parshas Vayelech, the one, the other, the one time where we do find that Moshe Rabbeinu gathers everyone, and it says explicitly men, women, and children. Rashi there the does stop and says, "Lamabo, why, why are they bringing the children?" Right, and this is of course the mitzvah of Hakel that we have to gather, and the children have to come. And Rashi says, "Why the children? Because you know, when you bring it to a brisk, you're going to read them the Torah about what they have to keep. Children don't understand it, so why would you bring children to Hakel?" And Rashi therefore says over there, why they brought, let's say, to give a reward to those who bring them. Once he's moving, and so we understand as like Rashi is from Pasha Senunit does their town. That here, this is not the reason. Because here it says children, but Rashi doesn't seem to be bothered why it says children and doesn't give us an explanation of that at all. So it can't be that here it's about giving reward to those who bring them. Because if it was about giving reward to those who bring them, Rashi would have said that here, because this is the first time we find children being gathered. Wouldn't we lie here on what he's going to tell us later in Parshas Vayelech, that the children are brought to Hakel because we're going to give reward to those who bring them? So obviously it must be something else. And since here in our Parsha, the children had to be there because if we're going, if we're entering into a covenant with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, every single Jew had to be there. But such is given for all men, it was for all the, everybody. However, since we're saying this you're standing here today, was this gathering that happened really at the end of Parsha Sarai, or as we see written, as it happened in the Parsha Sarai, that means that in this case, the children were also there as soon as he gathered them. In other words, the children were also there when Maishu Rabbeinu said, you have seen all these great miracles and you need to keep this 
express mission to them. Was to them sein, they doch nicht gewöhnt sein. Sei, sei, um, doch nicht mehr heute mit uns. And for that, you think, well, they're not shy for that. Why can you, how can you say to children, you are here, you are hearing this, and you have to keep the bris? So children under Barbara's mitzvah, they're not obligated in mitzvahs yet. So why would they be told you have to keep this? But based on what we're saying now, so if it was just about the, them being gathered at the end of Sabe to encourage to keep the mitzvahs, it wouldn't make sense for the children to be there. But now that we've explained that that gathering was really for this bris, based on what we just said in Parashashti, that the gathering at the end of Parsha Savai was really to enter them into the covenant. So therefore, as soon as he called them, they brought the children. Because they weren't being gathered there to be told you must keep the mitzvahs the way we are during Hakel, where the children are brought and then we read the Torah. That wasn't the purpose of this gathering. This gathering was to enter them into this bris with the Kaddish Baruch But as a preparation for that, there was a little introductory speech about keeping all the mitzvahs. But because that wasn't the main purpose, it was more about this covenant, this idea that Hashem will always be our God and we will always be Hashem's nation no matter what happens. For that, the children were there. And second point, before you can obligate a person to do something, especially we talk about an oath, before you can make someone take on an oath, you have to have some sort of explanation, right? An introduction as to what they're getting to. You don't come to someone immediately and just say, okay, take an oath. Right? You have to give them some sort of background, some sort of introduction, some something. And therefore, here too, the Nidonidan is So when we come to the beginning of our sedra, when it says you are standing here, that already was entering into this covenant. That was already meaning that they have to take on this oath. Hashem was taking the oath and they had to take the oath. This was already a bris when Ashur of Yedah Eden. This was already the promise, the oath that every Jew had to take. This were Jews from all walks of life, all types of Jews. So if you just come to Atmini Savan, you just come to, and open up our sedra, you don't look at what happened before. And you see, Atmini Savan, here, you're going to now enter into a bridge. You say, how is it possible? All these people, women, children, water, wood, um, water carriers, wood choppers, everyone standing together. They're going to have to take on this oath right now. Where's the introduction? So all of this is that this answer, this is, this would be a really strong question, unless, as we said before, this gathering of Moshe at the end was in order to tell them, here's what's going to happen. You have seen all of these things and therefore you're going to enter into this bris. So that question is no longer a question. In other words, it would have been a question had we not understood the end of last week's Parsha as a continuation. 
On the Paris Rashi, therefore, we see, according to our Rashi's explanation, that in our Parsha, yes, Maisha would gather them. The gathering that happened in Parsha Sovereign, that gathering was there to enter them into this oath, into this bris with Hashem. Thus, is given the Matara, that was the purpose. Is there Indian move on room atom eastern Hamas like Dalis? So then we understand that that little speech that we see at the end of Parsha Savai is Taka Given, he has spara on the Arain fear to the Matarla of That in fact was that introduction and that explanation about why they're entering into this verse and a little bit of, uh, you know, explanation before they actually take the oath. So now, though, if this is really what's going on, Maishra called all of them, and the Parsha Sabi is going to, we're going to take on this oath and we're promise we're always going to be Hashem's people, Hashem's going to be our God. Why would we use the word Nitzavim? The word Nitzavim is to stand straight, tall, and upright, right? It's a bit of. Mm, Right? It's to stand firm. That's the word Nitzavim versus Omdi. Omdi is to stand, but Nitzavim is to stand firm. So if we use the word Nitzavim, why do we use that kind of word? If he's going to be to enter them into a bris, Nitzavim is an unusual word to use. It should have just used the word standing as omdin, like we have later on, where it says he's standing with imanu oimei hayan, that Hashem is with us today. Nachmer, and more so, nidnar is thus nidkain lashon aragil, not only is nitzavim not the usual word for standing, but as pasach or nidda in pasach mitzavim peichen, it seems also not to fit in with the content of what we're talking about. Nitzavim is a derpi rashi taish bekaim eskufa, the word nitzavim is to stand firmly and become a scoople with an upright posture. Which is not standing up so like strong. And since we're talking about entering into a so when you're going into a covenant with Hashem, I mean, you should be standing there with some sort of bittle, right? Some sort of humility. You feel subservient to Hashem. You're going to follow Hashem. So the word Nitzavim is like you're standing very proud and upright. That doesn't sound like the right kind of word to use when you're about to make yourself completely subservient to HaKadosh Baruch So how do we understand that? And therefore, now we understand the Rebbe says, why Rashi gives us another whole explanation. So up until this point, we've explained that first Rashi. When Rashi says, Rashi is trying to show us how it's a continuation of the previous weeks, etc. And the Parsha right before is a continuation here. Maisha gathered them there, and that's why the children were all gathered because they're about to enter into a covenant. But the word needs something to stand upright doesn't sound like the right word. And that's why he brings us a Medesha Gada. What's a Medesha Gada? So 
So therefore, Rashi brings us on the Medrash that says what? That once they heard all these curses, they felt completely like, how are they going to survive? So after that, Maestro Vedo had to come and say, hey, wait a second, you're, you're still standing here, right? Don't get so scared. Look, you're, you're, you've angered Hashem a lot over these 40 years, but you're still standing today. You still exist. And that was Hadgashem Yuchad is in them Bart Mitzavim. That emphasis of saying, hey, listen, you're strong, guys. You may have angered Hashem, but you're still standing here. The emphasis there is in the strength that they have. And that, in that explanation, the word Nitzavim makes sense. Was vice of an Amida Chazaka, because that's what Nitzavim is to stand with strength. Like them perish bites if Nit blows the Bechuvan in Taich from Bart Nitzavim, the Ark in Taich from Hayyim. Now, if it is about, you've heard all of these, all these, all the rebuke and all these curses that could possibly happen. If that was what it means, rather than the bris, then the word hayyam also changes. Because if this is not about the bris, the covenant, that had to be done the day of his death, rather this is to calm them down from what they heard from all the curses. Then you'd have to say that had to be done. Hayyam had to be at a time that was close to when they heard those curses. And you can't say that it's just the day of his death. Because the whole idea of saying all of those curses was to encourage them and strengthen them to keep Jar Mitzvahs. And certainly my Shabbat would not have waited until the day he died to tell them that. And Bay, second thing, sees neat mistaper as beyond myself, so they might should some follows. And certainly the day that he was going to die, we can't say that the day Moshe Rabbeinu died, he was going to curse the Jewish people or tell them the curses. Certainly the day he died, as we see close to his death, he actually blessed the Jewish people. So if this is a continuation or what happened of calming down after the curses, it could not have been on the day of his death. That's why when he comes back and says, oh, maybe this is about calming them down, he had to go back, didn't have to re-explain all the other words, but he did have to come back and re-explain what Hayyayin meant. That comes directly after, you are standing here today. Since Atamitzavim means, listen, you are still existing, even though you've had all these curses and all these sufferings, these things are going to make you strong. Is after therefore the word today had to be had to mean something else, not the day of his death, but this is like the day, like a day that exists, even though there are some dark times and there's some light times, the day continues. And if it was to calm them down, it would have to be right next to the rebuke. Is Rashi Maisif, therefore Rashi as a deep sukim, to them, That's why Rashi says that the sukim very close to that, to the actual rebuke, that those were the words, that was the calming down. You have seen all of these things and you're still standing here today. However, what's difficult with that? Why couldn't that have been the explanation? Why do we have to say it's only about everything else? To see above, their parish is fair. But that explanation is difficult. Why? 
remember, because now we want to understand why we have a third explanation. So why is this second explanation not good enough? Because if you're standing here today, it was about saying, hey, listen, you, you survived and you will continue to survive, then that should have been written before, right? It should have said all the reviews. Then he should have said, look, you're still standing here. You've seen all these miracles and you're still here. But in their Ustach, when them, because that would have been, that would have explained the real meaning of what we're saying it is. You are still standing here. That That's the main thing. Hashem has not entirely destroyed you. And you're still standing here. And all of these, this rebuke and all of the things you've gone through is going to make you stronger. So the possible is that it would seemingly be in the wrong place if, it was only, if that was the only reason for why these words were being said. The second point is, I be partial is the different peers from Maishan. The Kumandart Takhem. And if this was just to calm them down from all the rebuke that they heard, why would the children have needed to be there? They wouldn't have understood all the rebuke that was being said, and therefore they wouldn't have needed to be calmed down. And the fact that we saw that Maishan Rabbeinu gathered all of them and it was in the Sheikh and as well. Why would they have needed that? So those are the problems with that second explanation. That's why Rashi then has to bring us a third explanation. That what? So here we are. Third explanation. What is this really about then? It's about the fact that Maisha Rabbeinu has to Stand them all up in their ranks. He's now handing over this nation. He's handing over the leadership to Yeshua and he's giving over the nation to him to them. And that's why they have to be standing there. It's something that you're doing with enthusiasm. There's a excitement there, there's a strength, but you're standing strong to, to enter into something exciting and new. So that's the idea. You're all standing here today and we're in, get, in, entering into a new phase. Is and according to then this third explanation, right? The idea that okay, it's not just about calming them down because then you wouldn't need children, but it's about handing them over. So now the touch Hayan beyond my son, we like Nerishan Parish, moving to Pashtus. Now we go back to saying that Hayan is actually the day of his death, like we saw before. That would make sense now because the day he's handing them over. It's about going from one leader to another. So Hayan is the day of his death, like we had before. That's fine. That fits in with the first explanation. And Bayes move on It also answers the second question. It's very clear now why Maisha first said you have seen all of these things in the Midbar, and only afterwards, now you're standing today. Then because he, this Atomit Savim had to be said to them very close to his death when he was going to hand them over to the next leader. And Gimel, Muva, the Bregen Ditav, now we understand why the children had to be there. From Arzei gave even Panas because the children were also going to be part of the Jewish people who my Yeshua was now going to lead. So now, of course, we have to understand then, okay, if that's the case, why not use the third explanation? Why not just say that that's what this is about? Maishu Rabbeinu gathering everybody together to 
hand them over to, to Yeshua. What's difficult here that we need the other two? The difficulty here is if this is gathering is really only about the fact that they're leaving Moshe's leadership and they're going to go under now Yeshua. If this is only about handing over the Jewish people to Yeshua, why wasn't this then said later on? Literally right next to his death, just the same place that we see Mashrubenu giving the safer Torah to Shevet Levi, that we say was the day of his death. Why isn't this then written right there? The Shlomo like Ersh and Perish asking somebody on my Slavnitz and Bavris. It would be fine if we'd say, according to the first explanation, and this is gathering them here together to bring them into the bris. Since that had to happen only when they crossed the yard, and that's when it was relevant. Is the something that doesn't have to be literally the day that he, he passed away. Hey, is this need sign some of because anyway, that couldn't have been right next to what he was going to tell them because he can't cross the yard. Perish, but according to the sort of explanation of But if it's really so if it's about entering them into the bris, okay. Um doesn't have to be literally right right before he's going to pass away. But if it is going to be about handing them over to another leadership leader, then that is going to have to be right before he passes away. Well P as the Tsvaita Parish is Megashagata, Bafal P as it's Tsvaita Parish is Megashagata. And then, even though this second explanation is the Medrash, is an So, this second parish, even though it is a Medrash that it was about calming them down, it, in a way, it's closer to the Pshat than the third one. Because according to the third explanation, if this is really just standing to hand them over, then it really doesn't have any connection to last week's Parsha of Moshe Rabbeinu gathering all the Jewish people and giving them this chizuk about um, keeping the mitzvahs. But if we say according to that second explanation, Explanation. Remember that it was about calming them down. You need not to meet some behemshaft to today from Moshe after the Eastern from Sai Pasha Sadai. Then certainly it's not only a continuation of what was said before, nor does is Achkavendivatar on Tachas Hakinis the fight them. This was also the purpose of the gathering, which was to calm them down. Was that Ikra Pius is Achkavendivatar on Tachas Hakinis the And that main calming down was look, you're still surviving and you will survive. And in them is them Nente from Umbedaimet to Eshen Perish. And in that way, it is closer and similar to the first explanation as the Matara from Kinsa Maisha is before Parsha that the purpose of the gathering that was in last week's Parsha was to enter them into a bris. So, in other words, the idea of entering into a bris in the first puzzle, the fact that we say that this is the idea that Maisha Benu gathered all the Jewish people um, in the end of Parsha Sabe, the purpose of gathering them there was in order to bring them into this covenant. But, and he had to have an introduction. So that's why all the children were there. And the introduction was, you have seen all of these things that have happened to you now, and you, all these, um, all these things that have happened. And now you're standing, you're going to enter into this first, but you're going to survive because you survived until this point. Okay. So that was in a sense, the first shot. The second one saying, oh, you're scared. Don't worry. You survived till now. You'll still survive. The difficulty there, of course, 
that wouldn't make sense to the children. That also would not necessarily have to be the day that he passes away. The third explanation about just handing them over to Yeshua, okay, that fits in very nicely with the day he's going to pass away. That fits in very nicely with why children have to be there. But what's difficult about that is why it's right here after all of the rebuke that we heard in Parsha Selah. And why that's right here after he gathers, gathers them to seemingly calm them down after all the rebuke that they heard. So now we understand that basic methodology of why we see Rashi giving us three explanations and how each of the explanations have something that the other ones don't have. Okay, so it's something about a bris. Ultimately, it's about all of these things. Okay, and that's really the beauty of Tyra that we have all of these in the Tyra itself. So it was about calming us down. It was about promising us that we will stand. Hashem will never forsake us. And it is about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is handing us over to Yeshua. What is therefore the inner explanation going on here? As we say, the Yenya Shaltar. So Rashi. What is really the wine, right? We know the wine, the wine of Tara is the Pimsa Tara, the inner aspect of Tara, because when you drink wine, right, the secrets come out. So this refers to those inner dimensions of the Tara. What is the inner dimension that's in this Rashi? We always read this Parsha right before Rosh Hashanah. As we say, we say, this day, that's the day of Rosh Hashanah. So this idea, you are standing today. On Rosh Hashanah, we're going to stand in front of Hashem. And Rashi is saying, this is the day Moshe brought them before his death to enter them into this bris with Hashem. So even though we've already mentioned that Moshe told the Jewish people at the end of Pasha Savai, they saw all these miracles and they should keep the breath. That this gathering on the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's death is a day of judgment, to enter them into this covenant. The idea of a covenant is something that's above understanding. You make a covenant when you don't want seichel, you don't want the mind to get into, to get involved. Okay? That is the idea. And no matter what happens, you are going to keep this even when it makes no sense. That's what a bris is really about. And so Rosh Hashanah is that day, that that essential bond that a Jew has with Hashem, that is what Rosh Hashanah is all about. That is when it's created. This, this connection is this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu gathered us, brought us in, invited us together before Hashem. This is a unity, bringing us as one with Hashem himself. This is higher than Torah mitzvahs. So we can talk about the fact that we do a bris and we have this covenant that we are going to serve Hashem. Hashem is going to uh, be our God. But that based on Torah mitzvahs is then based on what we do, based on, on that makes sense. I do what he wants and he's my king. But here we're saying on this Yom Adin, it's the 
He is inviting us in, bringing us into the before Hashem himself. This is talking about that Pintalayid connection, even higher than the Pintalayid, that utmost, the essence of a connection that a Jew has with Hashem that's actually above understanding. Nevertheless, it's an introduction to this. He's given the deeper was breaking to Ushmatmas son. In order to come to that point, we had to have the words that say where the the um the the speech of Mashrabane that says you should keep the words of this brisk, you should do them. Because this essential bond that a Jew and Hashem, the Jewish people have with Hashem, couldn't begin that bond is seen in a very revealed way through the fact that we keep Torah mitzvahs. From Torah is there, Torah is what does connect us with Hashem. So on a revealed level, where do we see that Jews have this is essential connection with Hashem? It's because we have Torah mitzvahs. When we do Lashem, let's bring So like we find in the Lashem Hazayar, that is brought actually many times in Zaire, there are actually three bonds, there are three knots that tie one to another. The Jewish people are connected to the Tyra and the Tyra with Hashem. So you say, why are these three knots, right? Why are these three? Normally, if you say three, when you have three things tied together, really, you could say you just need two knots. Right, two knots tie three things together. Nor what are we saying? Since the Jewish people are connected to Hashem, but it's through the Torah. That means that the Jewish people are also connected just with Hashem Himself. It's it's a connection, not just it's not only through Torah. Yes, the Torah connects us with Hashem, but then we are connected with Hashem Himself even higher than Torah. So then it's like three knots. So it's like the Jewish people, the Torah, Hashem, but then there's the Jewish people again, right? It's like eagle. imagine a circle. So if you have three things and you have the circle, so there are actually those three knots. So it's Yisrael, the Jewish people, and the Torah and Hashem, but that brings us then to Hashem and the Jewish people essentially connected also. And therefore, we have to have this introduction of you must keep the bris. So although it starts off that we have to start off with something, we have to start off by committing ourselves to connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu through Torah Mitzvahs. Ultimately, the purpose of Rosh Hashanah is to expose in a sense and strengthen the essential bond that we Jewish people have with Hashem. However, that is not enough. The bris, the atmosphere for bund, So even though Rosh Hashanah is about strengthening that essential bond, that's not enough. That essential bond can't just be essential and hidden. It has to come out in a very revealed way. In spirituality, 
and also in the physical world. What we need is to have this bond, not only on a spiritual level that we keep to our mitzvahs, but we need it spiritually, but also physically. And we have to see it in both ways that we ask Rosh Hashanah also that we have that tremendous bracha that comes our way from our Kaddish Baruch, which means physical bracha in a revealed way. We say, so in other words, just like we say bris, right? Bris is a two-way street. So just like Hashem wants, what does he want from us? He wants us to keep the Torah and the mitzvahs physically in this world. Because that's the main thing to actually do the mitzvahs here. So too, Jewish people ask of Hashem and therefore receive from Hashem, from Hashem, also all of these Ashpas, physically, because that's the main point, not just to have a spiritual connection, but to be able to do things physically in this world. And therefore, we ask Hashem for all the physical blessings that we can actually serve him physically in this world. And that's why we have then that second explanation of Rashi, as his Moshe started to calm him down, Moshe. The leader of the generation, the one who connects the Jewish people with Hashem, he's the one who brings that into effect as that we can stand before Hashem, that we should be able to stand very firmly and strongly and proudly. The Gashmi is standing in front of our Baruch Hu, not weakened, not subdued, but proud and strong. The Gashmi is. And even more, that all of the not things that don't look so good and all the suffering, that is what strengthens us and gives us the power to stand strong. All of the not so good things that happen of the past are the past and all of those things become our strength. They are transformed to tremendous brachas in a very revealed way. And in a sense, this really connects to the sikha we learned last week when we talked about the fact that even the things in Parsha Sabai that seem to be not good things, they are hidden tremendous, tremendous brachas. And we learned that in our sikha last week, how the words can be seen as tremendous brachas. So what we're saying is that this Atomit Samahayan Kulkan, right before Rosh Hashanah, it is about this essential bond that we as Jewish people have with Gadish Baruch Hu, but it has the, that essential bond comes through Torah Mitzvah, and just like Hashem wants us to physically and spiritually connect to him, learning the Torah and doing the mitzvahs in the physical world. So too, we ask Kaddish Baruch Hu, the same for us. We stand strong before Hashem and say, yes, everything that's happened, we know you're with us. We know we have this essential bond. We are your nation forever. You are our God. You are our king on Rosh Hashanah. And we therefore are demanding the type Hanir Nigla. We want that revealed good and that ultimate revealed good. We should hear the Shefer Gadol, on Rosh Hashanah, that of the Gula Hamid is Rosh and let us see that immediately, even before Rosh Hashanah. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you.